0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to your weekly tech update, the show that explores the newest, coolest, and craziest side of tech available on the interwebs. I'm your host, Ray McNeil. Coming up on the program today, we're talking BMW. They say that they can convert hybrids to electric-only mode in polluted cities. Sennheiser's flawed headphone software is a Trojan horse for hackers. And happening in this week's What the? A man shoots himself in the groin in a Walmart meat department. That and a whole lot more coming up on your weekly tech update next. Hi everyone. BMW says that it can force its hybrid cars to switch to an all-electric mode in heavily polluted inner city areas, helping its vehicles compete with pure battery-driven rivals as a bunch of cities are now seeking to create emissions-free zones. The car switches off the combustion engine automatically. The new X5, for instance, that's their new sport utility vehicle, has an operating range of about 80 kilometers in electric only mode. BMW is currently demonstrating the technology to local authorities in German cities, which may be forced to ban heavily polluting diesel cars as a way to meet European Union clean air rules. A global clampdown on vehicle pollution in the wake of Volkswagen's 2015 diesel emissions cheating scandal has prompted cities including London, Paris, and Stuttgart to consider bans of combustion engine vehicles. But consumers have shied away from buying electric cars because of a lack of charging infrastructure, making hybrids a more attractive option, for now at least. Such a vehicle could be very important in regions such as Europe, where most drivers do not own multiple cars for different uses. Germany's highest administrative court in February ruled cities could ban diesel vehicles from some streets in order to improve air quality. A researcher in China claims to have created the world's first gene-edited babies, but he didn't publish the results in an academic journal or even provide other scientists with access to the babies. The little data he has revealed suggests that his efforts might not have worked. Instead, his work may have put the baby's health at risk. Scientist He Jan Ku allegedly used the gene editing tool CRISPR-CastNet. To disable the CCR5 gene in 31 embryos with the goal of making children who were more resistant to HIV. He claims that two of the embryos were implanted, resulting in the female babies Lulu and Nana. His work has since been halted by the Chinese government. Reports the Associated Press. Other genetics experiments are still waiting to verify his claims. A process that could take two different forms, if if other scientists had access to the babies well then they could sequence their dna and independently see if this gene is no longer there without the babies though the results could only be confirmed if he provided his raw sequencing data of the babies and their parents along with all of his notes about his methods and results which he hasn't done. The limited data he did reveal at a gene editing conference in Hong Kong this week suggests that the experiment did happen but maybe not in the way that he intended. There are all kinds of glitches, and the data shows that the babies weren't edited very precisely, says Eric Topol, a geneticist at the Scripps Research Institute. Similarly, CRISPR expert Gitan Burgio, a geneticist at Australia's National University, says that the slides he provided showed very amateur work. I can believe that he did it because it's so bad, he said. Everyone has two copies of each gene, one from each parent, but Nana had only one copy of CCR5 edited. Plus, both babies have a combination of cells with an edit and without an edit. This is absolutely devastating, says bergio because it means that the babies still have the normal gene, so they're probably not more HIV resistant after all. We do know that using CRISPR to edit a gene can have unintended negative consequences on health and in other ways. Earlier this year, Nature Medicine published papers suggesting that editing one part of the DNA using this method could harm other parts of an organism's genetic code. This is called off-target effects. For example, it's possible to accidentally disrupt a system that protects uh, from eye cancer when using CRISPR to edit something completely different. It sounds like coding work, in my opinion. In his case, the team found one new mutation in Lulu that could have been caused by CRISPR, but he decided it was safe. Still, Bergio says that the sequencing methods they used to check for off-target effects weren't enough and it's possible the babies both have CRISPR-caused mutations that could harm their health. And even if these off-target mutations aren't harmful, research has shown that a mutation in the CCR5 gene can make people more susceptible to dying from the flu. For his part, he has defended himself, and even claimed that a second pregnancy with a gene-edited baby is underway. Meanwhile, the scientific community worldwide has been fiercely critical of his efforts, which seemed to have bypassed typical scientific conventions at nearly every step. The problem was not simply that he did this in the first place, it's that he didn't tell his university or almost anyone else about the experiment. And he didn't go through the typical academic peer review process to make sure his evidence was corroborated before publicly discussing it either. He likely did not have Obtain full informed consent from his subjects, and might have even had a business motive, seeing that he is involved in two biotech startups. The entire debacle shows why it's important to have scientific and ethical safeguards in place, and it has pushed other geneticists to consider how they would handle this kind of research, in the future. At the end of the Hong Kong summit, the organizing committee released a statement concluding that the scientific understanding and technical requirements for clinical practice remain too uncertain and the risks too great to permit clinical trials of germline editing at this time. They also announced plans to set up a rigorous, responsible translational pathway toward such trials. The statement also acknowledges that for Nana and Lulu, rigor and responsibility were absent, calling out his research for, among other serious flaws, a failure to meet ethical standards for protecting the welfare of research subjects. The fight over who gets to have the most subscribed channel on YouTube spilled out into the real world recently when Felix PewDiePie Kelberg fans started campaigning to raise awareness of the Swedish star. The grassroots effort has, for the most part, been in good fun, but recently people on social media have reported being hacked by someone who is urging them to subscribe to PewDiePie. Kilburg has maintained his status as the top channel on YouTube for years now, but recently his claim to the throne has been increasingly threatened by T-Series. It's a channel owned by an Indian music production company. T Series growth rate in 2018 has been explosive. It currently has over 72 million subscribers, placing it behind Kelberg by around 150,000 fans as of this recording. Judging by T Series subscriber trajectory, many onlookers estimate that the channel will eventually outgrow PewDiePie, but Kelberg? And his fans are putting up a fight. Kelberg's recent uploads often feature segments where he asks fans to convince people to subscribe to him. As a result, PewDiePie fans have done everything from placing posters to playing kilburg's diss track against T-Series at the club. One YouTuber launched a citywide advertising campaign where they bought every single billboard, radio spot, and local TV spot available in support of PewDiePie's channel. Together, Fans have ensured that Kelberg remains narrowly ahead of T-series for longer than anyone expected. A hacker on Twitter, has claimed responsibility for the printouts, stating the stunt is apparently their way of raising awareness of printer security. According to At The Hacker Giraffe's tweets, they took advantage of an open network port available on hundreds of thousands of printers worldwide. This is a known vulnerability that allows printers to receive data. To do it, the hacker claims that they used a tool called Pret that, according to its GitHub page, allows attackers to capture or manipulate print jobs, accessing the printer's file system and memory, or even causing physical damage to the device itself. Your printer is exposed, the hacker giraffe told a user on Twitter. I'm trying to warn you to close it. How else am I going to get your attention? I didn't think this would work when I did it, the hacker giraffe said on Twitter. The Verge has reached out to the hacker asking for proof tying them to this particular exploit. You can already get e-paper notepads that come pretty close to replicating the feel of writing on dead trees, but e-ink thinks that it can do better. The company has just unveiled a new film called Just Right that promises more natural scribbling. It doesn't require a backlight or another display layer, and there's no lag. You won't have to strain your eyes or second-guess your drawing. The technology is also bendable, works with virtually any size and shape, and needs just a basic stylus as well as some basic electronics. It shouldn't carry a significant premium. You can even use different drawing styles, including brushes, markers, or stamps. Like other forms of e-paper, it requires very little power. There's no mention of customers who are already lined up, so it may take a while before they're actually shipping devices using just-right displays. It's easy to see a wide range of uses, though. On top of notepads, this could be useful for digital blackboards, labels, and other devices where you want handwriting, Without the cost and other sacrifices that come with typical stylus savvy displays. Docomo and Toyota Motor Corporation have announced that they have successfully remote controlled a Toyota developed TR. HR-31 humanoid robot in trials using fifth-generation mobile communications. That means 5G, everybody, under a test environment with control from a remote location and a distance of approximately 10 kilometers. Now, Toyota developed the THR-3 with the aim of creating a partner robot that can safely support human activities in a variety of circumstances, such as homes and healthcare institutions. By employing torque servo modules that control the torque or the power of the robot, and a master maneuvering system that allows the robot's entire body to be operated at will, the operator can feel external forces exerted on the THR-3 and prompt it to move in the same manner as them to ensure it achieves gentle, smooth movement, minimizing communication delays during remote signal exchange between the THR3 and the master maneuvering system is essential. Until now, THR3 experiments have been conducted on a wired connection with relatively few communication delays. This time, though, with an eye towards improved use in practical environments, the THR3 was successfully controlled wirelessly using low-latency 5G communication technology developed by Docomo. Docomo and Toyota plan to demonstrate the technology between Tokyo Big Sight and Tokyo Skytree as part of the Docomo Open House 2018 3, which will be held at Tokyo Big Site over two days starting on December 6, 2018. Dacomo and Toyota aim to continue conducting trials based on diverse scenarios of robot use, and intend to research and develop technologies and services with the aim of realizing 5G services in 2020, and subsequently a prosperous society of mobility. Ural is a Russian motorcycle manufacturer that has its headquarters in Washington and is famed for its rugged sidecar-equipped motorcycles. The roots of the company can be traced all the way back to World War II, where it produced motorcycles that allowed for more equipment and manpower to be transported by the army. When the war ended, Ural began producing motorcycles for the general public, and has become one of the world's most prominent manufacturers of sidecar motorcycles. The company has released images of its first electric motorcycle concept, which has completed its first development phase. The electric concept was developed as collaboration between Ural electric motorcycle manufacturer Zero Motorcycles and ICG, a Southern California design firm that worked with clients like Ford... Honda, and SpaceX, among others. The conversion is based on Ural's existing CT model that is driven by the rear wheel only. Unlike some of their other offerings, it have power distributed to the sidecar wheel as well. Zero Motorcycles, apart from providing their powertrain package, also provided the necessary engineering support during development and testing, while ICG was in charge of the fabrication of the initial prototype. The presence of the side Car allowed Zero Motorcycles to equip the bike with two batteries a lighter ZF 6.5 battery in the main chassis and a heavier ZF 13 under the seat in the sidecar. The twin batteries, with a total capacity of 19.5 kilowatt hours, yielded a combined output of 60 horsepower at 5,300 RPM and a healthy torque output as well. The company claims that the twin batteries yield a tested range of 165 kilometers at a top speed of 140. Charging time is an estimated 13 hours from empty to 95% when plugged into a normal household circuit, which means you don't need a special charger if you want to pick up one of these bikes. As a result of the extra weight from the batteries, in addition to the sidecar, the Euroelectric bike weighs 373 kilograms. Will we be seeing a production model anytime soon? Well, according to the brand, there are no immediate plans to manufacture an all-electric model at this time. The decision will ultimately be based on market research and consumer and industry experts' feedback. Even if the design of an electric bike gets approved, according to Ural, it will take an additional 24 months to ramp up serial production. Tidal is the first streaming music service to be fully integrated into Plex. No plugins required. It's a milestone moment for the company that's steadily pushed into third-party media. After linking the Tidal account, you're able to test Tidal in the Plex iOS and web browser apps. It works For the most part, especially if you just want to access the raw title library, the universal search feature lets you easily find artists, albums, and tracks anywhere you have music in Plex or Tidal, but some features like Discovery and Artist Radio doesn't actually work as of yet, because of a bug or because they're not yet turned on in the application, we don't know. You can find full details on Plex's website. You can choose between Tidal Premium on its own for the usual $9.99 per month, or the Tidal Hi-Fi and Plex Pass for $19.99 a month, which is the same price you'd pay for Tidal Hi-Fi on its own. title streaming music gets integrated into your existing Plex library, which means that you should get solid title recommendations in Plex Discovery and Artist Radio right from day one. Usually it takes any streaming music service some time to learn your tastes. Plex CEO Keith Valerie said it uh, was one step closer to the company's vision. The addition of Tidal's music streaming service within Plex makes it the only solution right now that organizes and curates all major media types in one place. It's another step closer to making all the media that matters to you accessible from one app, something that I've been wanting for a very long time. And, of course, on any device at any time. Tidal COO Lore Tibbon said that it was an obvious match. Plex's focus on high-quality content aligns perfectly with the unique music and content experience that Tidal fans love. Partnering with Plex is part of the continued strategy of integrating Tidal seamlessly into subscribers' lives with a one-stop shop like Plex. Though uh, how long title remains in business is an open question. There have been long-running reports of the company running out of cash, and it was said to be months behind on royalty payments earlier this year. Plex last month launched Web Shows, which offers free curated content to all users, and they have many other offerings as well. If you haven't seen it for yourself, just Google Plex TV and find out all the details for yourself. I'd say it's one of the few services out there that's actually worth its monthly fee. Though you may not expect headphones to pose a cybersecurity risk, German-based security firm Securvo discovered that Sennheiser headphones could be used as a Trojan horse that potentially opens up your computer to hackers. Fortunately, the problem isn't hardware-related, as the headphones themselves are safe to use. Instead, the security flaw exists within Sennheiser's head setup software and how it installs and manages encrypted certificates on your computer. Now, according to researchers, Sennheiser's desktop software was installing a self-signed root certificate into the trusted root CA certificate store that's valid until January 13th, 2027, as well as an encrypted private key. What does this mean? The problem for Sennheiser is that the certificate uses the same decryption key for every installation of the software. An attacker who's able to decrypt this key would theoretically be able to issue forged certificates that impersonate any HTTPS website out there. These new certificates would give attackers access to traffic for other domains, allowing hackers to perform uh, man-in-the-middle-type attacks. Sennheiser was informed about this vulnerability in advance, is aware of the vulnerability impact, and started working on an update version of the head setup to uh, resolve the issue, Socorvo writes in its report. Now, according to the developers, this process will take quite a while. In the interim, Sennheiser has implemented a temporary fix to keep users protected by removing that certificate altogether. Users can access the temporary solution through the headphone maker support site while the head setup software is being updated. And finally, happening in this week's What The? A man is recovering after police say he accidentally shot himself in the groin. inside a Walmart in Phoenix. The Arizona Republic newspaper reports a semi-automatic handgun the man had tucked in his waistband began to slip, and the weapon discharged when the man tried to reposition it. Police found him in the meat section of the Walmart with, quote, survivable injuries. The man was not identified, and police said no one else was injured in the incident. Thank you for watching your weekly tech update. If you have a story you think we should feature on the program, send me an email, McNeil at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at your weekly tech update and check out our podcast, audio and video versions available on iTunes, Google, Spotify, AudioBurst, and elsewhere on the interwebs. Till next time, I'm Ray McNeil. Good night, world. Weekly Tech Update, brought to you by Holiday Home Care, Phillip Island, Victoria, Australia. It's your turn to relax. Before you get on holiday on the island, contact Holiday Home Care. We can set up your residence or holiday rental, do the shopping for you, provide linen and towels, and make sure it's all ready by the time you get here, giving you more time to enjoy what Phillip Island has to offer. For more information, visit HolidayHomeCarePI.com or email HolidayHomeCarePI at gmail.com.